Good evening, everyone. Let's start with a prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glorious Saint Joseph, spouse of Mary, grant us thy paternal protection, beseech thee by the heart of Jesus Christ, with thou whose power extends to all our necessities, and can render possible for us the most impossible things. Open thy fatherly eyes to the needs of thy children. In the trouble and distress which afflicts us, we confidently have recourse to thee. Deign to take under thy charitable charge this important and difficult matter, cause of our worries. Make its happy outcome before God's glory and for the good of his devoted servants. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So thank you for joining us uh, tonight for this conference, this monthly adult conference. It's been a while uh, after this turmoil around us. I apologize for our dear viewers, uh, since I think I announced that the conference would be starting at 7.45, but we were able to start earlier. So, um, but don't worry, it's recorded, so you can always um, watch it again if need be. So this new year given to us, 2021, I thought it would be a good thing, of course, following our provincial superiors' advice and recommendations, and the sovereign pontiff as well, uh, I thought it would be very useful to go through this year, difficult year, holding the hand of our dear Saint Joseph. So the theme for this year, uh, adult monthly conferences will be um, particularly on Saint Joseph, but a special um, focus on Saint Joseph and the relationship uh, in the Holy Family and how can these be applied to families and couples, so I will mix to it especially some directives uh, teaching about family life, uh, kind of um, trying to um, give a little bit more uh, information and material if you have not uh, benefited a good marriage prep uh, in the past. Or I think there are some very good uh, material that can be um, utilized today, and especially, once again, with this particular focus on St. Joseph and uh, marriage. But today is more like a general introduction, going through the two encyclical, uh, two texts, sorry, that are the, the basics um, of this uh, devotion to St. Joseph, the first from Pope Pius IX, who declared St. Joseph uh, patron of the Universal Church, in 1870, and the more recent text issued by Rome uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, putting this year 2021 under the patronage also of St. Joseph, and how interesting the connection between these two texts in the actual context uh, of our society and geopolitical context, and the one um, in 1870. So the one in 1870, remember that we are in what uh, French historians call the War of 1870, uh, the Franco-Prussian or Franco-German War, uh, with the, the spread of many errors, especially on the part of Bismarck, Chancellor uh, at that time, errors in regard to the authority of the church, the proper authority in the church, of the church within the state, with, of course, its legitimate and necessary limits and boundaries, and vice versa, the uh, boundaries and limits of the state in regard to 
um, ruling the church. And so that was kind of the ideas already being spread at that time. That was not the cause of the war of 1870. It was more uh, interest, conflicts of interest between France and Prussia or uh, these um, northern states of Germany as well, trying to, to spread um, their power. It's, of course, at that time, the rise of uh, nationalisms uh, within, you know, in Europe, which will lead a uh, very few years later, uh, uh, lead Europe into the First World War. So this is the, the context of the, the text, the, 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 the state, sorry, when Pope Pius the, the 11th sends out this text asking to take St. Joseph as a patron for the Universal Church. So very interesting, if you look at the situation today, uh, we don't have a war as such uh, like it was in 1870, but uh, not as clear maybe, but certainly much more subtle war. Uh, either coming from the state against the rights of the church or simply the rights of the family and life itself. And we have, of course, this whole pandemic uh, situation today, environment. Uh, so really a deep crisis inside and outside the church. Um, and again, rising from this crisis, we find the figure of St. Joseph. So very very interesting that uh, Rome issued these texts more recently to ask again to place this year 2021 under the patronage of our dear saint. So let's start right away with uh, Pope Pius the Ninth. The idea is to go through his text first, then give some insight information about what indulgences are, and then uh, finish with the more recent text um, and the, the types of indulgences that we are uh, allowed to or granted this year. As Almighty God appointed Joseph, son of the patriarch Jacob, and I apologize, there will be a lot of reading, but I think this is more than ever important to go back to this very important text. We complain too much about not finding, you know, in the, the voice, the official uh, voice of the church today, the, maybe the support, the answers uh, to our questions, the support that we need in these difficult times, but let's look back, and we have many encyclicals, many powerful texts um, from the even recent popes um, that can really uh, rekindle in us this fire when maybe hope uh, can sometimes uh, be a little bit lost in our hearts and minds. So let's have these this love for, of course, what we call the tradition of the church, this um, the second source of the revelation, along with uh, Holy Scriptures. So as Almighty God appointed Joseph, son of the patriarch Jacob, over all the land of Egypt to save grain for the people, remember the famine, the, when people were starving in, starving in Egypt, so when the fullness of time was come, and he was about to send to earth his only begotten son, the Savior of the world, he chose another Joseph, of whom the first had been the type. And he made him the Lord and chief of his household and possessions, the guardian of his choicest treasures. To the type, he had been the type. The first Joseph in the Old Testament was the type we see that often in Holy Scriptures, in explanations of Holy Scriptures, or in uh, 
uh, in theology in general, typos in Greek, which means a, a, a type, a, um, he prefigures uh, someone else. We have many typos or types of Our Lady, for instance, in the Old Testament. All these holy women of the, the Old Testament in some ways prefigure the coming of Our Lady herself, Sarah, Rachel, um, Eve, of course, Our Lady being the new Eve. Um, so we find these typos in, the, in the, the Old Testament announcing God prepared, announced the coming of, um, of here, uh, Joseph himself. Indeed, it had as his spouse the Immaculate Virgin Mary, of whom was born by the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ our Lord, who deigned to be reputed in the sight of men as the son of Joseph, and was subject to him. Him whom countless kings and prophets had desired to see. Joseph not only saw but conversed with and embraced in paternal affection and kissed. He most diligently reared him whom the faithful were to receive as the bread that came down from heaven whereby they might obtain eternal life. Because of this sublime dignity which God conferred on his most faithful servant, his most highly honored and praised blessed Joseph next to his spouse the Virgin Mother of God, and has besought his intercession in times of trouble. So again, this is Pius IX, 150 years ago, in times of trouble. And today we ask in the whole church, uh, ask for St. Joseph's uh, help. In whom, uh, apologies, and now therefore, when in these most troublesome times the church is beset by enemies on every side and is weighed down by calamities so heavy that ungodly men assert that the gates of hell have at length prevailed against her. The venerable prelates of the whole Catholic world have presented to the sovereign pontiff their own petitions and those of the faithful committed to their charge, praying that he would deign to constitute St. Joseph patron of the church. And this time, their prayer and desire was renewed by them even more earnestly at the Sacred Ecumenical Council of the Vatican. Of course, the first Vatican Council uh, that had to be stopped because of, the, because of the war, and the second Vatican Council that was supposed to uh, close all these questions, all these texts that were not uh, done because of the war of 1870, obviously, as we know, did not do much uh, in regard to these previous questions that were supposed to be answered or concluded. Uh, but here we talk, of course, about the First Vatican Council, which uh, text I really recommend. Go back to these uh, uh, founding texts of our faith, really. Accordingly, continues Pope Pius IX, it has now pleased our most holy sovereign, Holy, Holy Sovereign Pope Pius IX, in order to entrust himself and all the faithful to the patriarch St. Joseph's most powerful patronage, has chosen to comply with the prelate's desire and has solemnly declared him patron of the Catholic Church. He has also ordered that his feast on March 19th be henceforth celebrated as a double of the first class, without any octave, 
however, because of Lent. They've been uh, beautiful, but we would have lost uh, one full week uh, of Lent, which is quite a problem. He arranged, moreover, that a declaration to this effect be promulgated through the present degree of the sacred congregation of rites, on this day sacred to the Immaculate Virgin Mother of God, the most chaste Joseph's spouse, all thing to the contrary notwithstanding. And we are December 8th, 1870. Feast of the Immaculate Conception, of course. Now, the, just the beginning of the decree, the most uh, recent decree from uh, Rome for the year 2021. It starts, uh, the gift of special indulgences is granted on the occasion of the year of St. Joseph, 2021, to celebrate the 150th anniversary of the proclamation of St. Joseph as patron of the Universal Church. So now I'll open a big parenthesis on indulgences, what it is. Uh, we really have the understanding that we have today of indulgences really started clearly in the 11th century. So before that, uh, it was not as clear, of course, as it is today. It was part of confession. Confession, the sacrament of confession, took a while also, like uh, all the other sacraments, you know, to be uh, what we know today. There is a certain development of the, the theology of the sacrament. The, of course, the, the, the matter of it remain, remaining always the same, but a development over history, not only for the, the rite itself, the way it's performed, but also the way it's understood. Um, remember that St. Bernard thought there was, uh, I think, 10 uh, sacraments, but not in the sense that St. Thomas Aquinas uh, you know, the definition from St. Thomas Aquinas on what a sacrament is, but like the crowning of, th of, the crowning of kings, the um, uh, consecration of a church, where under the title sacraments at the time of St. Bernard and before, but of course the theology behind was not exactly the same as baptism or any of the seven sacraments that we know. But this clear distinction took a while, and this is why... Uh, by the way, this is the reason why we had uh, later on the Council of Trent to really define clearly, uh, you know, most of uh, our catechism today. So what is an indulgence? The Catechism of the Catholic Church says, An indulgence is a remission before God of the temporal punishment due to sins whose guilt has already been forgiven, which the faithful Christian who is duly disposed gains under certain prescribed conditions through the action of the Church, which, as a minister of redemption, dispenses and applies with authority. The treasury, it's an important word, the treasury of the satisfactions of Christ and the saints. Satisfaction of Christ and the saints, what Christ has earned uh, infinitely for us on the cross. And of course, we can all participate to that uh, work of redemption through the sacrifices, the prayers that we make. We will explain that. This is the beauty of the communion of saints. We participate. God wants us to participate to that work with him. Although his death on the cross was certainly sufficient uh, eternally and for everyone. Uh, but once again, he wants our cooperation. I have a little book here that I recommend. This is the Catholic Encyclopedia. This is the volume number seven. So just for the letter, letter G to I. Uh, it's easy to carry on as you see in your... Here in luggage, 
uh, but it's very, very good. I recommend that you uh, try to purchase these Catholic encyclopedia. I mean, you have everything that you need to know. It's, it's an encyclopedia. So you, anytime you have a question on a, on a, a word, a person, a saint, uh, heresy, or you know, doctrine of the church, uh, this is excellent material. So sometimes you're lucky, you can find that online. Um, but try to, to look for that and try to save, save these collections as much as you can. Once again, the Catholic Encyclopedia, uh, many volumes, but uh, very safe and uh, good material. So here there is an article on indulgences, and they start uh, to make it easy for us. First, we should probably understand what an indulgence is not. To facilitate explanation, it may be well to state what an indulgence is not. It is not a permission to commit sin, nor a pardon of future sin. Neither could be granted by any power. It is not the forgiveness of the guilt of sin. It supposes that the sin has already been forgiven. It is not an exemption from any law or duty, and much less from the obligation consequent on certain kinds of sin, like restitution. On the contrary, it means a more complete payment of the debt which the sinner owes to God. It does not confer, confer immunity from temptation or remove the possibility of subsequent lapses into sin. Yeah. Lapsus in, in Latin, you stumble upon a, a little, uh, you know, you fall on the ground. So, uh, fall here. Least of all is an indulgence the purchase of a pardon which secures the buyer's salvation or releases the soul of another from purgatory. It's not, uh, to make it easy for us, it's not like you have the pre uh, TSA pre-check pre when you travel. That's great to have that. You can certainly have it. But without having the background check, uh, you know, the necessary background check, you need the background check before you can actually get that pre TSA pre and travel without any problem. Well, this is not a free ticket to heaven. There are some uh, necessary... Um, um, conditions in order to receive these indulgences. So as we said, it is the remission before God of the temporal punishment due for sins, already forgiven. And this remission, the faithful with the proper dispositions and under certain determined conditions, acquire through the intervention of the church. That's exactly uh, what says the Catechism. As minister of the redemption, authoritatively dispenses and applies the treasury of the satisfaction won by Christ and the saint. Second, an indulgence, as we know, can be partial or plenary, according as it removes either part, partial, or all, plenary, of the temporal punishment due for sin. You commit a bad thing, you commit a sin, you have a punishment attached to it, a temporal punishment. Um, and you can... You know, atone as much, uh, only so much on earth, you know, through your, your own sacrifices, your penance, and so on. But then purgatory is there also to help you purify even more, because before God, our faults are uh, almost infinite in, in some ways. Of course, with the traditional distinction and Catholic distinction of mortal sin and venial sin, um, 
but you see that there is a, an offense really against God, and this has to be, um, you have to atone for that sin. And so uh, an indulgence can either be partial or plenary, can remove entirely that debt. Uh, you know, it's a special grace granted to you. It removes the entire debt you had, this temporal debt. Uh, so there is no more time in purgatory, um, or it removes partially that debt, that time in purgatory. No one acquiring indulgences can apply them to other living persons. You cannot apply an indulgence to someone who is still alive. Makes sense if we understand the notion of uh, freedom. You, this person is still free to commit sin. So how can you force in some ways this person to receive a, a grace, you know, to remit the debt uh, of their sins if this person is not under the right disposition to uh, you know, avoid sinning again, or is not willing even to receive that um, um, that grace. Partial as well as plenary indulgences can always be applied to the departed by way of suffrage. To receive a plenary indulgence now, and that's important to keep that in mind, as we will see in the most recent text from Rome. Um, how really the, the importance, uh, there is some uh, talking, you know, saying that, oh, now we give out indulgences, you know, too easy. But no, if we look carefully at the text, it really says, you know, under the usual conditions. And uh, we will see that these conditions are, you know, a little bit demanding. It's not just, as I said, a free, free ticket to, to heaven. So first, as you know, the sacramental confession, a single sacramental confession suffices for gaining several plenary indulgences, but communion must be received and prayer for the intention of the sovereign pontiff must be recited for the gaining of each plenary indulgence. As we said, Eucharistic communion, typically we say within, you know, a couple days before or after the indulgence act, so the prayer that you would recite, you know, at, uh, that one prayer uh, to which a particular indulgence is attached to, um, then, you know, the that's the indulgence act, and so the communion and confession can be within a couple of days around that act. Prayer for the intention of the sovereign pontiff. The condition of praying for the intention of the sovereign pontiff is fully satisfied by reciting, typically, our, our, one Our Father, one Hail Mary, a glory be, Nevertheless, each one is free to recite any other prayer according to his piety and devotion. Uh, an important point here regarding the prayer for the intention of the sovereign pontiff, and I thank our dear canon Huberfell from Wausau, uh, who put together this little text to help understand what it means. This is different from praying for the Holy Father himself, as we do at Mass. This is a requirement in the Institute to pray every day uh, in our Mass for the Holy Father. That's why we add, if you pay attention to, to the Mass every day, we add uh, this uh, uh, prayer, Pro Papa, for the Pope. So that's different. That's really for the person of the Pope himself. What precisely does it mean, then, to pray for his intentions? According to the Church's official decree on indulgences, what we're talking about, the Pope's intention always includes the following objects the progress of the faith and triumph of the church, 
peace and union among Christian princes and rulers, the conversion of sinners, the uprooting of heresy. It is good to, for you to have these specific intentions in mind when you pray for the Holy Father's intention. Even if you do not think of them specifically, however, you, your prayer is still valid as they are included in the intention of Holy Mother Church. Of course, the Pope may have other personal intentions. Uh, remember uh, Pope Benedict, I think he had every month or so, he, he had specific texts for special intentions, um, vocations. I remember that because that's the, the year I uh, joined the seminary. So that every, every month he had a specific intention. So, of course, the Pope may have other personal intention, and these can form part of your prayer as well. But this is not necessary. So it doesn't matter who the Pope is, what the Pope thinks, when we pray for the intention of the Sovereign Pontiff, it's once again, for every Pope, it's, these are the same, according to the official decree on indulgences. So I repeat, when you pray for the intentions of the Pope, you pray for the progress of the faith and the triumph of the Church, peace and union among Christian princes and rulers, conversion of sinners, and the uprooting of heresy. It is further, and that's an important part, it is further required that all attachment to sin, even venial sin, be absent when receiving, um, willing to receive a plenary indulgence. These are the conditions. Detachment from sin, even venial sin. If the later disposition is in any way less than perfect, or if the prescribed three conditions are not fulfilled, the indulgence will be partial only. So again, that's clear. It is not a free ticket to heaven. There is on our part some serious work that needs to be done in order to receive this plenary indulgence, and we should try in our best to receive as many plenary indulgences as we could for also souls in purgatory, because this is part of the, the, the beauty, the power of the communion of saints. So, but we need to fulfill this condition, especially that last one, I think, is important to keep in mind, the detachment from sin. It doesn't mean that you, uh, you, know, you will not sin anymore. Uh, that's, we can hope for that, but uh, certainly not here on earth. Uh, but detachment from sin, even venial sin. So the real deep, true, sincere desire to amend your life and to... Uh, so there is no abuse of the grace of God here because you do everything you can you know, to remain united to Him. The doctrine of indulgences is very important because, again, there is a, a focal point really where several uh, truth, dogmatical truth um, uh, merge. For instance, the nature of sin. And the fact that there is always attached to this sin a temporal punishment, even once the fault, the sin has been pardoned. You know, you break something at home, your mom tells you, okay, you go, you apologize to your mom, your mom forgives you, but you still need to fix it. You know, if you have a good mom, she'll try to help you find the ways, you know, to fix it yourself, but she won't do it for you. 
And the second important dogmatic truth that really merged together here in the, the, the doctrine of indulgences is, as I said, the communion of saints and this solidarity which exists between all the members of the mystical body, Christ being the head of that mystical body. St. Thomas Aquinas says, Just as in a physical body the operation of one member rebounds to the good of the whole body, so it works in a spiritual body, that is to say, in the church. Since all the faithful are one body, the good of one is communicated to another. Paul, St. Paul writes, Thus, we who are many are one body in Christ, individuals, yet members one of the other. Thus, among other matters, which should be believed that the apostles handed down, there remains the communion of goods in the church. This doctrine is called the communion of saints. Among all the other members of the church, however, the principal member is Christ, for he is the head of the church. He put down everything under his feet, and he put himself as head over the whole church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fulfills everything in everyone. Therefore, the good of Christ is communicated to all Christians, as the wisdom of the head is communicated to all the members. This communion comes about through the sacraments of the church, in which the strength of the passion of Christ for conferring grace and for forgiving sins operates. End of quote. So this really the superabundance of the satisfaction of Christ acquired on the cross, to which are united, of course, first Our Lady herself and then all the saints. All these satisfactions constitute the treasure, that one word we said at the beginning, this treasure that the church has the power and the mission to spread among the faithful, that fervor to enrich this treasure. <clears throat> Pope Clement VI, 1291-1352, he wrote, Upon the altar of the cross, Christ shed of his blood not merely a drop, though this would have sufficed. Suffice, sufficed. Apologize for the accents, it's always difficult. By reason of the union with the word to redeem the whole human race, but a copious torrent, thereby laying up an infinite treasure for mankind. This treasure he neither wrapped up in a napkin nor hid in a field, but entrusted to blessed Peter, the key bearer, and his successors, that they might, for just and reasonable causes, distribute it to the faithful in full or in partial remission of the temporal punishment due to sin. Regarding this treasure, treasury of merit, the, Catholic, uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, we also call these spiritual goods of the communion of saints the church's treasury, which is not the sum total of the material goods which have accumulated during the course of the centuries, of course. On the contrary, the treasury of the church, church is the infinite value, which can never be exhausted, which Christ's merits have before God. They were offered so that the whole of mankind could be set free from sin and attain communion with the Father. In Christ, the Redeemer himself, the satisfactions and merits of his redemption exist and find their efficacy. This treasury includes, as well, the prayers and good works of the Blessed Virgin Mary. They are truly immense, 
unfathomable, and even pristine in their value before God. In the treasury, too, are the prayers and good works of all the saints, all those who have followed in the footsteps of Christ the Lord, and by His grace have made their lives holy and carried out the mission in the unity of the mystical body. So let's continue now with the text issued from Rome for this new year dedicated to St. Joseph. Today marks the 150th anniversary of the decree Quemadmodum Deus, with which Blessed Pius IX, moved by the grave and sorrowful circumstances in which the Church was threatened by mankind's hostility, declared St. Joseph the patron of the Catholic Church. In order to perpetuate the entrustment of the whole Church to the powerful patronage of the Garden of Jesus, Pope Francis has established that from today's date, the anniversary of the decree of the proclamation as well as a day sacred to the Blessed Immaculate Virgin and Bride of St. Joseph, most chaste, until December 8, 2021, a special year of St. Joseph will be celebrated, in which all faithful, after his example, may daily reinforce their own life of faith in complete fulfillment of God's will. All the faithful would thus have the opportunity to commit themselves with prayer and good works to obtain, with the help of St. Joseph, head of the heavenly family of Nazareth, comfort and relief from the serious human and social tribulations that besiege the contemporary world today. Devotion to the Garden of the Redeemer has developed abundantly in the course of history, which not only attributes to him among the loftiest worship, after that of his bride, the mother of God, but has also conferred many patronages upon him. The magisterium of the church continues to reveal great things, old and new, in his treasures, that is, St. Joseph, like the householder of the Gospel of Matthew, who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. In that same treasure, the gift of the indulgence Indulgences that the Apostolic Penitentiary kindly bestows during the year of St. Joseph through this degree, issued according to Francis' wish, will contribute greatly to the perfect accomplishment of the designated purpose. The plenary indulgence is granted under the customary conditions, sacramental confession, Eucharistic communion, prayers for the Holy Father and detachment from sin. To the faithful who, with a soul detached from any sin, shall participate in the year of St. Joseph in the occasion and with the modalities indicated by this apostolic penitentiary. So St. Joseph, an authentic man of faith, invites us to rediscover our filial relationship with the Father, to renew our devotion to prayer, to dispose ourselves to listen and correspond with profound discernment to God's will. The plenary indulgence is granted to those who shall con contemplate the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, for at least 30 minutes, or participate in a spiritual retreat of at least one day, which involves a meditation on St. Joseph. The just man we see in St. Matthew, he continues explaining that St. Joseph is a model of uh, that just man, also that's the, the, the traditional uh, title also for saints, you will see saints or just men, the right men, ra righteous men. Um, 
So the virtue of justice practiced by St. Joseph is an, in an exemplary, exemplary manner is full adherence to divine law, which is the law of mercy. For it is the mercy, the very mercy of God, that brings true justice to fulfillment. Therefore, those who, after the example of St. Joseph, shall fulfill a work of corporal or spiritual work of mercy, I invite you to look at the list of these corporal or spiritual works of mercy, will likewise be able to attain the gift of the plenary indulgence. The primary aspect of St. Joseph's vocation was that of being guardian of the Holy Family at Nazareth, spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary and legal father of Jesus, in order that all Christian families may be inspired to recreate the same atmosphere of intimate communion, love and prayer that was lived by the Holy Family, the plenary indulgence is granted for the recitation of the Holy Rosary in families and among betrothed. Holy Rosary in family can gain a plenary indulgence. How beautiful. You can apply these also for deceased members of your family. Let's not be greedy regarding the graces that God bestow upon us. Let's not be greedy either in regard to what the church offers us today, thinking, you know, oh, you know, it's being too generous. Well, it's better for us. The more terrible the times around us, the better I think we need, the, the more we need these supernatural helps for sure. And a divine providence has certainly sees, seen that for us in providing us with the proper tools to fight today. And fighting first in our own lives, in our own entourage, among our own families, uh, fighting against, against sin to make these holy families a safe, a holy a haven. The family being the, as you know, the essential living cell of the society. There can't be no society with families. So how much more important for families to be holy if we want a holy society and a restoration of Christian society? The servant of God, Pius the Twelfth, on May first, nineteen fifty-five, instituted the feast of Saint Joseph the Worker with the intent that the dignity of work be recognized by all, and that it inspires social life and laws based on the fair distribution of rights and duties. Therefore, the plenary indulgence may be obtained by those who shall daily entrust their lives to the protection of Saint Joseph, and all faithful who shall invoke through prior the intercession of the Worker of Nazareth so that those in search of work may find employment and the work of all people may be more dignified. Some hearing that might have a little smirk on their face or laugh maybe, thinking that, you know, uh, why would these be mentioned here, you know, asking for employment. But in the light of the present current circumstances, with the COVID crisis and major financial crisis, I mean, we don't need to look very far to see that people are truly suffering from uh, these financial crises. Uh, and maybe some actually watching us today. So uh, let's, let's have recourse to St. Joseph. Uh, model of workmen. It's in the litanies of St. Joseph. Glory of home life. We will recite it at, at the end. <clears throat> 
model of workmen. The flight of the Holy Family to Egypt shows us that God is there where man is in danger, where man suffers, where he runs away, where he experiences rejection and abandonment. The plenary indulgence is granted to the faithful who shall recite the litanies to St. Joseph or some other prayer to St. Joseph. We started with the prayer so dear to St. Francis de Sales. He wrote that prayer to St. Joseph, the, the first one that we prayed. Or some other prayer to St. Joseph pro proper to other liturgical traditions in favor of the church persecuted ad intra and ad extra from inside and from outside this persecution. And for the relief of all Christians who suffer any form of persecution. We oftentimes think of persecution in Islamic countries, but of course we see today uh, a clear persecution against Catholics today even in, in America. I hope the video will not be censored since there is a tendency right now uh, out there to censor everything. But yes, there is a true persecution uh, against Christians and Catholics today, even in our Western civilization, as uh, we clearly experienced every day, starting from attacks, uh, attack against life, where you know our Christian faith uh, helps us to understand that we are truly the first promoters of uh, life, because Christ gave his own life for us. From, from life to uh, end of life, um, uh, attacks against the family with the gender ideology. I don't need to, to give the list, uh, but you, you know it too well. St. Teresa of Avila recognized in St. Joseph the protector for all the circumstances of life. To other saints, the Lord seems to have given grace to help us in some of our necessities. But my experience is that St. Joseph help us in them all. St. Teresa of Avila. <clears throat> so to reaffirm the universality of St. Joseph's patronage over the Church, in addition to the aforementioned occasions, the Apostolic Penitentiary grants the plenary indulgence to the faithful who shall recite any prayer legitimately approved or act of piety in honor of St. Joseph. For example, to thou, blessed Joseph, especially on the occasions of March 19th and, March, and May 1st. On the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, on the 19th of every month, on every Wednesday. And this is why I encourage you all, especially those watching us today, to uh, follow us or pray with us every Wednesday. We pray these litanies in honor of St. Joseph. Every Wednesday after the 8 a.m. low mass, we pray this Litanies of St. Joseph, I once again encourage you to unite yourselves to our prayers for our church, for our families, for our nation. In the current context of the health emergency, the gift of the plenary indulgence extends particularly to the elderly, the sick, the suffering, and all those who for legitimate reasons are unable to leave the house, and who with a soul detached from any sin and with the intention to fulfill as soon as possible this is traditional teaching as well. If you are not able to go right away, uh, you have the you you know you have your, you purify your your intention. You try to have a contrite heart, detachment from sin, and so on. But uh, you should go as soon as possible afterwards to receive 
um, you know, either the, the sacrament itself, uh, but you can still receive many graces, uh, you know, beforehand. The three customary conditions in their home, in their own home, or wherever the impediment detains them, shall recite an act of piety in, in honor of Saint Joseph, comfort of the sick, and patron of a happy death, faithfully offering to God their suffering in the hardship and the hardships of their lives. In order to pastorally facilitate the attainment of divine grace through the power of the keys, the power of St. Peter, this penitentiary prays earnestly that all priests endowed with the appropriate faculties may offer themselves with a willing and generous soul to the celebration of the sacrament of penance and often, often administer Holy Communion to the infirm. So beautiful as well that there is a a call to priests to redouble their efforts in providing communion for the faithful. It just says infirm. We are all spiritually infirm, certainly. So to uh, administer Holy Communion and confession to, um, to everyone. So beautiful movement of penance uh, back in, in the church for this year, 2021, under the patronage of St. Joseph. And as a conclusion, we can pray together these litanies of St. Joseph. And I thank you for your attention, and I hope to see you next month. So normally our monthly conference is on third Tuesday of the month, but last week, since we had this beautiful ceremony in St. Louis with Cardinal Burke, uh, who was giving... Uh, this cassock to two young men dedicating their lives for the service of the church through the Institute Oblatehood. Uh, we couldn't be here for this conference, so we had to move to today. But otherwise, it's every third Tuesday of the month. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Litany of St. Joseph, Lord have mercy on us. Christ have mercy on us. Lord have, mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. Christ, hear us. Christ graciously hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven. Have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world. Have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God. Have mercy on us. Holy Mary. Pray for us. Saint Joseph. Pray for us. Illustrious Son of David. Pray for us. Light of Patriarchs. Pray for us. Spouse of the Mother of God. Chase Garden of the Virgin, pray for us. Foster Father of the Son of God, pray for us. Watchful Defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Joseph Most Just, pray for us. Joseph Most Chaste, pray for us. Joseph Most Prudent, pray for us. Joseph Most Valiant, pray for us. Joseph Most Obedient, pray for us. Joseph Most Faithful, pray for us. Mirror of Patience, pray for us. Love of Poverty, pray for us. Model of Workmen, pray for us. Glory of home life, pray for us. guardian of virgins, pray for us. pillar of families, pray for us. solace of the afflicted, pray for us. hope of the sick, pray for us. patron of the dying, tear of the demons, pray for us. protector of holy church, pray for us. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, us, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, us, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He made him the Lord of his household and prince over all his possessions.
Let us pray, O God, when thy infinable providence did vouchsafe to choose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of thy most holy mother. Grant, we beseech thee, that we may be worthy to have him for intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector, who lives and reigns world without end. Amen. With sacred heart of Jesus, Immaculate Heart of Mary, Saint Joseph, Saint Francis de Sales, Saint Thomas Aquinas, Saint Benedict, Saint Therese of the Little Flower. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.